Welcome to the New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learnt and how they have handled their growth. We believe that we all have wisdom to be shared with each other and can learn from listening to each other's stories. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, if you feel like leaving us a review and sharing the love, that would be greatly appreciated. So this is just a heads up because, you know, there's a lot of information that is coming to light at the moment. And through these episodes, each person is going to share a different side of that for them. Now, this isn't to say that every single thing that is shared here is going to be 100% accurate, you know, it's just not where we are right now, it's just not the case of the unravelling and the disclosures that are being revealed to us. Obviously, things are always, always changing, and in one moment something can be so real and so true, and the next moment is completely shifted and changed into something else. This is the journey of evolution, this is the journey of incension that we are going through right now. So, this is just an invitation that you're discernment is really really important as always as usual please take what resonates and leave the rest thank you welcome to episode 24 of the new monks podcast i'm so happy that we are currently on 24 episodes you know it's taken a little while to get here i'm not gonna lie since our first episode in 2018 but we're still here you know growing through this big pivotal change that we're all going through now and really opening a space for us to be able to have these conversations about our growth. So today I'm speaking to someone called Snuff who also goes by the name of DJ Snuff One and you know I met him on the phone actually we had a conversation and we ended up just speaking on the phone for an hour when we were just discussing logistics of a DJ gig. We dove right in and then I just knew I had to get him on the podcast and to speak about his journey. And, you know, this man has so much information. It's quite mad, as you will discover throughout the podcast. But, you know, what's really interesting about his story as well is that he came from the troubles in Belfast growing up as a kid and that whole experience seems to have really shaped his life and given him a completely different perspective on, you know, the way that the world works, really. And I, th- I know from my own experience, moving countries at a young age just gives you a different level of experience and knowledge that not everybody has. So he moved to a different city, he moved to London, and then, you know, he already had this open perspective of the way that the world works. So when we came into 2020 and this whole lockdown situation that was going on, you know, he was very equipped already with, you know, knowing what was going on. This episode really just talks about his background and how he came into this path of learning more about health and herbalism, really, because I think that's really his focus and knowing about our bodies and what is good for it and bad for it and how we how we can really utilize our natural environment to help us in this time 
and it, especially in cities where there's just poison everywhere. So this is such an interesting episode and this, you know, <laughs> take a pen, take notes because he's delivering information bar after bar after bar. And yeah, we, we obviously could talk about where he sits and stands on his perspective on what's going on in the world at the moment as well, which I feel is really important. So take a seat, pull up a pew, dive in. So thank you so much for being here and trekking all this way. You're very welcome. <laughs> so just um, as we begin, what I like to do is just take a few deep breaths in and out. Good idea. Before we start. Just tell us how you're feeling right now. <clears throat> well, you know, with the breathing exercise, it's always the, one of the um, quickest and easiest ways to get to calm your nerves, you know, because you're helping the, the flow of the current and yeah. all these types of things, you know. And often, often at the time, the stress is a free hyperventilation, you know, mm -hmm. so when you bring your breathing down, it definitely uh, calms you, you know. As people know, like uh, if you're having an anxiety attack or so, they always say to take uh, 10 deep breaths, you know. And even before an important decision, you should always take some deep breaths, you know, because it helps to um, get some clarity and calmness, you know, and some stillness. Yeah, so it always helps. Yeah, I feel like it's so underrated. Breathing is really <laughs> important, <laughs> you know. And um, yeah, I mean, that's something we could actually talk about, you know, because, um, you know, the breath of life. And the spirit is directly connected because if you're talking about like in the realms of quantum biology, uh, the electron and the proton, um, it's all being moved through the current of the breath. Wow. Um, yeah, so yeah, breathing is really important. And we've got to a point right now where especially when we're living in cities, people are breathing very shallowly mm -hmm. uh, and also breathing through their um, mouth, which is uh, not a good thing, good way to breathe, you know, because the whole nasal passage is where all of the filtration takes place, you know, obviously wow. going into the lungs, you know, and even when you're doing that deep breath that you start your um, uh, talk with, if we were to add a hum on the way out, you know, I think to people who don't, who just see that, We'll think that's some woo-woo stuff, you know, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but on a real um, physical level, what's going on there is you're sending a, a vibration through the body and in a, a very simple practical uh, sense, um, you're getting the nitric oxide to, to um, uh, mix with the blood at the bottom of, of the lungs. Wow. So you're getting a, a, a better circulation, 
in, in your blood straight away from just making that hum. And you're also getting a cymatic resonance in your temple, mm -hmm. which is something that would is good to clear like the space in a cymatic sense, you know. If you ever notice when you get tinnitus, mm -hmm. um, if you were to close your eyes and, your, and cover your ears and just mm, you hear that inside the temple, it's going to um, overpower the, uh, the tinnitus and help to rebalance those uh, harmonics again. Oh. And it will, it will take away the, um, the, the, the ting noise like straight away, really, you know. So you can you can try that yourself. As soon as you hear like, I'm try that. <laughs> just close the eyes, block the ears, and hum, and you'll 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 feel you'll clear like within a minute, you know. So, yeah. Mm, I love that. And unfortunately, as well with the um, degradation of soil and nutrients in plants, and with the um, process now of processed foods and refined foods and devitalized foods and toxic foods it's also causing people's um, physicality problem in regards to like a thinning of the nose thinning of the bones thinning of the structure thinning of the skeleton and this is leading people to become more of a mouth breathing okay. uh, condition as well you know so that needs to be addressed yeah. with uh, exercises, you know? Yeah, so you have to be conscious of breathing. Yeah. You know? I always wondered the difference between... I, for me, I think the nose always feels more comfortable, more natural. To breathe in, you have to breathe in through the nose. Yeah. You know, they don't have the same filtration system in the, in, in the mouth. Okay. You know, if you're breathing in through the mouth all the time, you're not getting um, the same type of protection, you know? Because from the nose... Filtration from the air. Yeah. Yeah, because if you imagine like uh, the nasal passage going down to the, um, the trachea, the bronchi, into the lungs, uh, you have um, already a few sort of different filter systems, but then you know what they, what they call the, um, the cilia, mm -hmm. which is like these little fingers that are always waving up. Yeah. They wave up this way, yeah. you know, because nothing's um, being drawn in, you know, like there's no passage for like say like a, an, assemb uh, an assembly line, is that the right word? An escalator, yeah, there's no escalator stairs for pulling things in, everything, gotcha. everything is pulling everything out, mm. you know, so the cilia is doing that all the time, pulling things out like an expectorant. Yeah. And when the, when the cilia is damaged yeah. um, or um, covered in mucus, it's not as effective, you know. Um, mm. But there's things that you could do to help the health of your cilia and also the biogenesis of cilia and one of the most simple ones that most people would have in their kitchen would be green tea. Oh wow. Yeah, green tea is a good natural antihistamine and it also helps the, the health of the cilia, you know. So like right now we're living in this world where people are wearing these masks and um, yeah. it's, when it comes to filtration technology, it's actually a bit of a joke because like, <laughs> this, this, no really, the system that we have from the nostril to here is the most complex and divine design that, that we have, mm -hmm. you know. So if you want to strengthen your filtration system, you should strengthen all of this, you know. And you can do that through breathing exercises and through oh. nutrition, you know. And there's also things that you could do to, to, to aid um, or to prevent uh, toxins coming in. Like before I came out here, I dabbed some um, sweet orange essential oil and rosemary around my nostrils and my earlobes, you know because these essential oils also help uh, dispel the aromatics, you know, and also the aromatics yeah. are also going to help 
with your breathing and with your cognitive function as well, because aromatics are really um, underrated. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's very important to recognize the differences between what's natural and what's synthetic, because uh, I mean, even on the journey going along here, I'm seeing people with their uh, mask on and they're thinking of perfumes and fragrances that are all artificial and carcinogenic. You know, whereas I would much prefer to smell someone's natural funk. <laughs> you know, especially if they're healthy. You know, <laughs> but yeah, natural funk is where it's at because that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. You've got to stand in truth. It's true. There's the the difference between natural and synthetics, big, and it's kind of something you might not even recognize. You know. To me, that's a real base principle of what of everything. You know, mm. synthetic food, synthetic. Fibers, synthetic uh, cleaning materials, uh, synthetic aromas, uh, artificial colorings, artificial flavorings, every single thing needs wow. to be completely removed from your life yeah. if you want to have a good, healthy environment, yeah. you know, including being a healthy environment, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's, really, it's really that simple, you know? You want natural flavors. Want natural colors, yeah. you know, because color is really important. You know? Yes, color is also known as pigment, and pigment is a protein. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's the pigment systems that, inter- that interact with light, light metabolism in the body. You know, like yes. the, the technology that we're we're dealing with right now, and the radiation, and the street lights, and the amount of time that we spend in front of screens, especially in the evening, is uh, destroying um, the blue pigments in the in the eyes first. Destroying the whole pigment system, of which melanin is also a pigment, you know? All the different types of, of melanin, it's also known as a pigment. Yeah. Um, so we've got the neuromelanin, dopamine, black and brown eumelanin, melanin, all these, all these um, are pigment systems that interact with, with light. Um, so one way that could manifest is like you're going to lose your vision, <laughs> you know. I was just talking about the pigment systems and light and light metabolism and how um, like natural native light uh, regulates so much uh, in regards to your health and your physicality and your spiritual health and how artificial light is actually a poison mm. to you, you know. Artificial light uh, overexposure to it and a lack of exposure to natural light, actual just daylight, mm-hmm. and even at night the the light saturation, the artificial light saturation, uh, and not being able to sit in the darkness with the moon, that's also problematic, <coughs> you know, because like the melatonin that people would, would be aware of that we produce in the um, the pineal gland, uh, which is synthesised from the serotonin and everything that we get from the day. Um, our relationship with the light uh, during the day, we're producing serotonin, as long as we have the right uh, aromatic, aromatic amino acids in our diet. Uh, this is later at night turned into um, melatonin, I know, and, and the signal for the body is the, the darkness. Mm. You know, so if we don't get darkness, we're not getting the signal uh. to produce melatonin. You know? So yeah. when you don't get melatonin in your, um, to put you to sleep, it's almost like a... Uh, an anesthesia, is that the right term? To put you to sleep so yeah. that the little surgeons in the body can come out and do all the repair work and growth, you know? And if you don't, that doesn't happen, then you wake up stressed. You wake up anxious. 
and you wake up further along a path towards disease, you know, whereas really you should be waking up smiling <laughs> with some energy, <laughs> ready what for the day. Um, the screen dimmers, you know, you can get like orange. Oh, that's going to help. Yeah, absolutely. A bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can get the blue light blockers, yeah. you can get blue light filters on your screens. Yeah. But ultimately, what you want to do is get more daylight. Yeah. You want to get more daylight exposure on your eyes, I mean, on your skin. Uh, and you also want to have a diet that is high in pigment so that you can replenish the pigments that are being destroyed by the light. Mm -hmm. You know, because okay. one thing filtering it and blocking it. But you can also strengthen yourself so that you can replenish mm. and um, mm. be able to withstand that damage. You know? yeah. Which is one of the reasons I am so into algae. Because uh, you know? yeah. yeah. algae is <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're dealing with cyanobacteria and so on. These are blue pigmented uh, al algaes. You know, you've got the, the red, the brown, the greens. They're all dark pigments. So they're full of pigments that are going to be able to replenish and give you the strength to um, mitigate the damage of yeah. contemporary modern technology and so on and so on. Living. Living in this environment, yeah, because yeah. ideally you'd be living in the, in the woods, you know. I mean, wow, I feel like you just dropped so many bombs there. <laughs> Sorry, I have a tendency <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, what's up? How did you come into all of this information? I feel like you know a lot, especially when it comes to, like, the health. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, it was um, growing up blind to it, you know? I come from an environment that is very just um, fish and chips and processed uh, store food, <clears throat> tap water, crazy addiction to sweets and wow. sugar. Oh, yeah, you know, like all children are, but I was. Yeah. Just sugar. Uh, just uh, mad, honestly, like, you know, and all of the sugar drinks as well. I'm not going to mention no brands, but, you know, all the big brands, liters, like, oh. fully on that, you know. As a child? I'm, as a child, yeah. Like, I'm from West Belfast, mm -hmm. uh, the Falls Road. Representing. Yeah, <laughs> representing. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, a, I'm a child of the troubles, I'm the trouble from the troubles. <laughs> Um, and there was a lot going on that caused us a lot of stress. You know, the occupation of the soldiers, curfew, martial law, checkpoints, helicopters, being beat up by soldiers, being beat up by neighbours, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I was on a flashpoint between the Falls and the Shankle, and um, because various things were going on, my house was actually burnt down twice by the time I was 14. When I was 14, that was it. I was like, I, I'm out. I, I was living on the, you know, I, doing my own thing since I was 14, basically. So what was happening there at the time? Why was it such a war zone? Well, obviously that's a whole, that's a whole podcast into okay. itself, the history of like why Northern Ireland is kicking off with each other. Um, sectarian violence, you know, neighbours not getting on, and, um, and the powers that be in the world um, stirring the pot. Uh -huh. um, you know, I've got a few of my own theories now later on in life that uh, yeah. some of it's in, in regards to just like a testing ground and a drill and so on because I've realised now as well that the British intelligence were involved in mm -hmm. high command of uh, paramilitary groups on the Republic and the Loyalist side of the divide. So a lot of it is orchestrated, okay. you know, and um, that makes me feel like I don't um, really trust in any of these um, 
armed revolts or political movements anymore mm. because there's so much chess in this yeah. world, you know. So I decided to take my own path, you know. And luckily enough, one thing that helped me take a, a good direction in, in my path was at that time when I left um, my, my home at 14 and uh, there was a b-boy crew in Belfast, the Belfast City Breakers, also known as the Trouble-Minded Crew because of the troubles. <laughs> um, and they were about seven to eight years older than me, they're first generation b-boys from the 80s, you know. And um, I was uh, really awestruck by seeing them just out on the street dancing, mm -hmm. breaking and that. And I just became, just hung out with them all the time and became kind of like a surrogate child of theirs, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. So I was being raised by b-boys from that point, you know. And what was good is that um, all the members in the group were from different sides of the so-called divide, you know. It wasn't something that we were really taking on board in regards to, like, um, we didn't really take that stuff too much serious. We were trying to rise above it, you know. And I think the, yeah. the, the dance and the things that brought us together, the hip-hop, it gave us a bigger worldview. You know, so we can see things outside of our bubble and it makes everything in our little bubble seem like really kind of just dumb. You know, as it is. Mm -hmm. um, and they were actually, it was like trouble was a term that was used. The, the, the Northern Irish conflict is, has an alias, it's called the, tr the Troubles. Ah, okay. You know, so when they talk about the Troubles, they're talking about the okay. Northern Ireland conflict in particular. You know, but yeah. well, I actually kind of like it because it's like typical the Irish to make it something like it's nice and cute like that. Oh, that's some troubles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's a growth experience and it's a learning experience because when I came to London, I kind of felt like a lot of people have been living in this blind spot, like yeah. the cotton wool and so on. You know, and the um, yeah, and uh, and there's almost um like a a naive. Um, faith and trust in government that I'm not used to from where I'm from. Wow. Yeah, because where I'm from, like, we look at the government, we see somebody who we know is taking off a balaclava at some point, putting on a suit. <laughs> we know who everyone's sleeping with. We know everyone's like little crook dealings. Like, you know, we know they're all a bunch of Del Boys, so you know, with muscle, you know hiding behind a suit, but really they're hiding behind gangsters, you know, because yes. really the true politics is that they are at the bottom of a gun in this world, you know, the military is really behind politics. Yeah. Yeah, and the military is paid for, so it's it's always the money families, you know, but the military oh, run that's so government, true. you know. So over here people don't really see it that way, they see it as um, representatives. I like that phrase that you use, the government is at the bottom of a gun. Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, that's how I recognize wow. it. Like, that's, that was my experience. And also, from traveling around the world, um, I've seen that more evident in places yes. that don't have the same kind of yeah. uh, social structure that you would have here. Yeah. You know, but people think that this is like a more of a civilized environment, but not at all. It's just more... Um, it's just more hidden, I find. <laughs> it's just... I, I think it's, it's a deeper complex of induced psych psychosis and neurosis yeah, at play, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the social engineering to get people um, subservient to it yeah. is, a, is a thing. I don't, now I've been here long enough, I don't think people are as naive as I first yes. felt, but there is definitely more of a go along with things yeah. to get along with things kind yeah, of attitude yeah, yeah, yeah. and as well the idea that um, some, like you just know a lot of things are out of your control and you've got enough going on in your own life to deal with and that's perfectly understandable, you know what I mean? But um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's, it's just 
yeah, just different levels of what's going on in this rat race, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. different in different places, you know, some places yeah. are even more. So anyway, like just to continue, like um, when I was like 14 up until about 21, I was really just raving, you know, with my, like, my older sister and all her friends and then my boy, my, the gang there at the Belfast Sea Breakers. So it, it was typical sort of like mm-hmm. teenage engagement of like yeah. in, indulging in, um, you know, like even like pills and acid and stuff at that time, you know, to be honest, and drinking, yes. you know, not to ex- excess, just having a good time, yeah. you know. But, yeah. um, but like even in Belfast, when we were, when we were bringing like the peace process mm. that, they, that, we, that we had, uh, we always make the joke that we say like uh, kind of like the ease and all that coming in is what helped <laughs> the situation, you know, because there was a phrase, give peace a dance and everyone was raving together. You know, and then going into areas that you know you would ordinarily maybe get killed in because <laughs> of the sectarian uh, division. But after hours and an after party, everyone's loved up. <laughs> it's like, oh, here you are, right? So you are. What's all this about? You know, so a lot of like things slide because we're just getting on and thinking like, you're right. Like this is not, this is actually like, nonsense yeah. you know and when you start to see as well you, a lot of barriers get broken down because you can see people are in the same boat as you you know like you're living in the same type of shitty environment fighting over what like yeah you know and then you know if you do get your um, bit more clued up you realize that you have a common enemy that's kind of like setting you ready up towards each other mm. yeah yeah uh, but not everyone sees it like that you know and for me i just kind of like that's a major thing. i just dive into the uh <laughs> I just dive into the music and the dance yeah. and try to do stuff that I know is a bit more positive in this in the world, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So it sounds like you know when you joined the the B Boys, yeah, you were able to have a different perspective or yeah. a wider perspective or something. When, like, did you always know as a child that this didn't feel right, or yeah, was there a moment where it was like, hang on a minute? <laughs> um. When I was a child, child, yeah. it felt like like we were being tortured, you know. Wow. And it didn't. It was hard to understand why we would be born into an environment, you know. Why would a creator create an environment we'd be born into where it's torturous mm. and so um, stressful, and um, that whole hardman mentality where everyone needs to be tough, and otherwise you're gonna get like whatever done. Um, because not everyone wants to be like that, you know, you want to like enjoy your life and, <laughs> you know, why does everything have to be like war? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it didn't really sit right with me yeah. at all, you know? I always felt though, um, and I, I still believe that um, as children of that conflict, um, we have no... Um, uh, responsibility for it, I don't know if that's the right word, no shame for it, no accountability, no guilt for it. Yeah. Like we were like, kind of like the ones that have had the, the boot on our head. Yeah, you just were born into it. Yeah. So my attitude towards the people who put their boot on, boot on our head wasn't one of seeking revenge. Um, our attitude as people who were experiencing it was 
God, we would never want anybody to experience this. Wow. You know? And I've always felt that people who um, were afraid of us coming, like having that boot taken off our head, and one, one, I always felt that they, they feared the repri reprisal. Mm -hmm, yeah. But I don't think they could ever really comprehend that um, because of what we have experienced yeah. and, and we see the, the, the persecutors, the people, I'm not the right word, the people who do that. As, yeah. as wicked yes and the fact that as victims of something you yeah. feel um uh, exonerated from it is that the right word yeah. um i mean that's very very interesting subject there because it's just almost like how do you not have these this hate towards these people you know there is hate and there is resentment and yeah. there is the the desire but at the same time, there's this over, okay, overwhelming gotcha. desire to not be as to their, on their level because it's, it's wicked and, and it causes harm and it's, all, it's contributing to a, a cyclic yeah. event, you know. So what I've come to learn from the cipher, even like in a b-boy cipher, you know, or a rap cipher, um, an, an energetic cipher, something that's going round and round, at some point, the only way it's going to get yeah. uh, stopped and grounded is when someone is like, going to become the conduit, conduit yes. for it to finish, yeah. you know, or to change that energy. Yes. You know, so, yeah, these are, like, one, I'll give you an example, like in Belfast, I think one of the reasons that the, the tit-for-tat daily um, violence kind of came to a standstill was at a point when so many united parents and mothers were together saying, please, like, no more retaliations for the death of our child, you know. That's and, powerful. Yeah, you know, so people have to listen to the mommy and daddy, <laughs> you know, because of the feelings are high, like, you know, your friend is being killed. Yeah. And, and it's just this never-ending cycle of like, well, they, last week they came into our neighborhood and did this, so maybe yeah. they go to their neighborhood and do that. Yeah, I like what you said there, because it's also like, uh, <laughs> you're not repressing the anger and the, you're still feeling it, but at the same time you realize that that's not the way forwards, you know? No, no, because... <laughs> Like when, and I, you know, I listen to a lot of music, and I, I love the the words of a lot of um, um, the Rasta man and the reggae in the message. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the music that I listen to, they they sing about. Um, there's one song. Um, it's like uh, retreat, wicked man, surrender. Mm. I'm trying to remember the whole lyrics, but there's quite a few songs like this. But what it's it's saying is like um, the people who are doing the wicked things in the world. It's almost a plea to them. It's like. Can you not see where you're heading? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So the compassion is not like, uh, like to try to get revenge on these people because it's already they're already writing their own sentence mm -hmm. through their behavior. That's very true. <laughs> you know, and it's and it, it's a compassionate plea to the wicked in the world to say you really need to take stock of what you're doing. Yeah. Because this fire that you're heading towards, you know. It's a real thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, again, that's not just some woo-woo out of a scripture type thing. This is, well, you know, it's down to people to perceive it how they perceive that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. You can't help that. Yeah. I, I meant to bring it up to why I'm interested in nutrition and so on, really, you know? I mean, yeah. Because uh, uh, the reason I started back then is just to say, like, you know, 
come from something that wasn't really thought of or considered, you know, eating the worst trashy food. I'm also living in a quite stressful environment. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, microwave dinner vibes right up to like probably late 20s. Say that again? Microwave dinner microwave type vibes, dinner. you know, takeaway food, uh, but very rarely cooking, um, not really having a very good understanding of food science or the relationship yeah. of food and the body. Just yeah. considering it as a type of fuel, you know, and um, uh, when did you move to London? I came to London in about '99, and I've been here since. Although while I've been here, I've also lived abroad yeah. for uh, several months at a time. I spent like about six months in New York, and staying kind of in Berlin yeah. uh, over a course of time. I spent nearly a year in Uganda wow. and, uh, and as a musician and artist I've travelled the world <laughs> you know so you were still eating microwave when you moved to London microwave oh yeah <laughs> yeah quite up to probably um, uh, mid 2000 I kind of had like a, a, a revelation epiphany a, a crisis of consciousness wow. in relationship to my relationship with the animals and the meat. Okay. And I decided to stop eating animals. Uh, and a year later, I stopped. Eat, I decided to stop eating the um, dairy and the sugar. Um, and for the first few years of that, I was eating like uh, substitute meats and vegan food. Really. Um, and because of my um, feelings and conviction towards like stay, sticking to how I felt with um, not wanting to eat the animals. Yeah. Um, I was de I'm determined for that, for that with that. Yeah. But I'm realizing that I don't feel like I'm getting healthier, you know? So okay. I spend more time now trying to understand food science. Okay. And that's where I started to realize that the vegan food is, is crap. You know, the fake, the fake, meat, uh, pre the pretend meat, yeah. the soya products, particularly soya products. Yes. Um, and all sorts of processed yeah. types of fake meats and um, stuff that's promoted as being vegan, but it's full of artificial colorings and flavorings and sugars and da da da. da. So much sugar. You know, like all this stuff needs to be yeah. got rid of. So then I got deeper and deeper and deeper into stuff and been taking a big interest into studying it, you know. Um, starting first by just listening to lectures by charismatic people that caught my attention, like Dr. Sebi. Love that. You know? So I was watching Dr. Sebi a long time before he passed, before he passed under very suspicious circumstances, as a lot of holistic healers have done in the past so many years. It. I could talk about Sebi all day, you know, <laughs> Sebi's a G, but I would recommend just watching his lectures himself. And rather than listening to people talk about him, better mm. to watch his own lectures. I love that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or if you're going to listen to anyone talk to you about him, there needs to be people who spend a lot of time with him. You know, there's a guy called Mr. G, who wrote a book called My Journey with Dr. Sebi. Wow. And he was uh, Sebi's uh, kind of photographer and a... Uh, um, cinematographer, film, used to film all his lectures and so on. Mm -hmm. So he's got a book that's really a good read and he's got like recipes at the back of the book and so on. And then some of his children like Victor Bauman and um, 
the co-defendant who was in court with Sebi in the court case. I don't know if you know about the court case. Mm -mm. Yeah, the court case was basically he was putting out um, information saying that uh, Usha village, his village in Honduras, his, his retreat, was now curing AIDS, syphilis, this, yeah. that, and the next, right? So they take him to court, so you can't say that. <laughs> you know? So he's in court defending himself. Um, his partner at the time, uh, Annette Thomas, was a co-defendant. She's also known as Mama Pill, who's the mother of Blue Pill and Red Pill, that you know, people watching might know of as uh, people who are in the holistic community. Um, they always, you'll see videos of Blue Pill and Red Pill. And the other brother is KT, the Arch Degree, who is somebody who's a mentor of mine. I study with KT, the Arch Degree. And he, they're all children of Mama Pill and at Thomas, who was a co-defendant with Sebi in the court case. Okay. So Sebi managed to get the court case thrown out because he, he brought in people who came to his village who had AIDS. Wow. Right? HIV positive, full-blown AIDS. And he cured them. And this, the, the proof was the... Um, before and after certification and paperwork from their doctors, mm. you know? And then also, they also could not do him for, for claiming to cure anybody or to use medicines because everything was dietary. So it was all food. Wow. So like when you're dealing with herbs, food, fasting, thermal waters, uh, being in a, an environment as rich as that retreat is located in Honduras, with the cymatics of the woods and the jungle and the terpenes and everything that you're soaked in. Yeah. So a very healing environment. You're not going to get the same type of healing experience in a city. Yeah. You know, because right already you're in, a, you're in a, an environment that is damaging you and you cannot heal in the same environment that made you sick. Oof. You know, you can mitigate the damage and try your best. But really, if, you, if a city is killing you, you need to get out to the countryside and breathe some fresh air. <laughs> so where are we going? <laughs> you know, that, that's where I'm aiming to. That's my next steps. You know, I'm inspired by the likes of Sebi and so on. But uh, anyway, I only brought Sebi up because I'm saying that he was one of my first people that I was really... Because yeah, I yeah. love uh, the engagement and the character. And that's because, you know, a good teacher is someone that... that you resonate with, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't learn from the stiff neck, sort of like, yeah, something, yeah, <laughs> the molecule and the amino acid builds the protein. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, when someone's excited, they're talking about this, that, and the other, like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, get, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, like, even right now, I still like to listen to KT, the art degree, and also Dr. Inky Real. Uh, they are the ones who have basically taken over the work of what Sebi set up in yeah. in America, not in Honduras. He set up another institute in America called, called the Ogun Institute, the, the Ogun Research Institute. And uh, that was about research and development with um, wow. naturopathic medicine, you know, herbs and so on. There's so much so yeah, much you know? So, so I like to listen to them because they are able to expand upon what Sebi would say, yeah. break it down, and yeah, then also yeah. contribute to that, to that uh, ever-growing narrative rather than just sticking to repetition of law of what Sebi had said at the time because the idea of having a research in this institute is an ongoing yeah, thing. exactly. You know, it's not like this is what we discovered, that's what it yeah. is, it's the end of. And things are changing. Things are changing. Um, some principles stay the same, but yeah. like new information is always worth yeah. including. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Definitely. know, yeah. Um, and then from that, um, that was kind of like the path I've always been on—just reading, and yeah. learning, and get, experimenting with my own health. But it wasn't really up until the um, 
the lockdown. Oh. Boom. <laughs> you know? Because I, I knew quite a lot of information. And I started yes. to share information at the beginning of the lockdown because my first piece of information was like, guys, like, this is how Babylon moves. Hey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so whatever's going on, yeah. don't believe what they tell you. Yes. You know? There may, yeah. there may very well be a threat. And I think we should take the idea of a threat serious. You know? So my first thing was to be quiet and to research what the potential threat was in regards to this uh, viral epidemic causing a respiratory distress um, that they were calling um, SARS-2, you know, and SARS being a severe acute respiratory syndrome, right? It's essentially a form of hypoxia, you know, the cytokine storm is havoc taking place, you're um, alveoli being flooded and drowning, you know, you can't breathe. What does that mean, cyto... Uh, uh, cytokine storm yeah. is like a cytokines or basically like signaling enzymes to tell like your, uh, your histamine response to do what it needs to do, uh. you know? So if, for example, there's something inside the... Um, the um, yeah, inside the lungs, inside the cells, um, and they can't get there. They can shoot little holes through the skin to get inside, and uh, it's a bit difficult to explain in simple <laughs> terms. You know, I should be able to. Um, it's an overactive immune response. So I'll, okay. I'll say it like that. You know, it's 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 almost like something a toxin's coming into the body. And the body is overreacting, okay, okay. you know? Gotcha. So, um, say even like uh, if you're having an asthma attack or a sneezing fit, this is like a histamine response. You know, a lot of allergies are like histamine responses. And it's one of the reasons why um, the cannabis or the green tea have been used uh, as ways of um, mitigating the damage that could potentially occur from this acidokine storm because mm -hmm. it's a natural antihistamine. Okay. So it's going to alleviate the histamine response. Yes. You know, so the, if you can prevent the histamine response, then you're not going to get yeah, the, the level of flooding yeah. that's going to take place, you know? So antihistamines and antioxidants right now are really important for everyone's health living in the city. You know, antihistamines because of all the allergies and antioxidants because of all the oxidative stress that's taking place from the technology and the radiation and just general stress. Mm. You know, there's so many stresses. Mm. So we're all being subject to free radical damage. So you need to have a, a high antioxidant diet, you know. And I'm always recommending things like tart cherry juice and hey, grape, grape juice, um, you know, the green tea. Um, yeah, I mean, I would tell people just to look into that more themselves and yeah. see what foods are high in antioxidants, you know. Yeah. One of the things that I always recommend as a key is to, rec is to look at the colour because uh, antioxidants are often, and pigments are often sometimes interchangeable. Mm. So when you're looking for those uh, the vibrant reds and yellows and blues, these are also forms of antioxidants. Um, you know, like even your vitamin A, you know, like a, a, the beta carotenes, you know, like these are forms of antioxidants as well. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm saying at the start of um, the lockdown, yeah. Yeah. my first bit of information was like, 
there's, there's a move being made, right? Let's figure out what's going on. Um, and I shared a lot of information about how to prevent viral infections um, and prolifer proliferation of vi uh, vir viral infections. Um, and at the same time, I was also sharing information on how to mitigate the dangers of the rising levels of radiation mm -hmm. because they're just on the 5G rollout. And um, both of these conversations were highly sensitive <laughs> at that moment. Mm, that's true. Because um, there was such a campaign against uh, the idea that 5G could anyway be a potential health threat. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But there I was sharing over a thousand studies on the Facebook, <laughs> showing the biological dangers of wireless telecommunications mm -hmm. from 2G, 3G, 4G, and 5G is such an enormous leap. It's basically like stepping into a microwave, you know? It's like the leap from 4G to 5G is massive, you know? I mean, I find it so interesting, because I remember when mobile phones came out, and everyone was like, be careful, be careful. Do you know what I mean? And then we yeah. just forgot about that. I know. You know? <laughs> I mean, they do actually have a warning. Well, if you go into the the security, the settings, the security, yeah. something in the in the phone, you can um, there's a safety information, and it says you need to have it at something like five milliliters millimeters minimum away from your skin. Wow. You no, know? so you can imagine when people putting them in their bras and their Wait, pockets on the phone, on the phone for <laughs> urges. Like that's that's yeah, that's a migraine. And that's not a good sign. That's dehydration as well. Mm. You know, you're dehy dehydrating the brain. Um, the phone is dehydrating you. The technology is dehydrating. Mm. You know, which is one of the reasons we need to drink more water. You know, if you live maybe in maybe that's city, why I drink so much water. <laughs> yeah, you know, your body's needing needing it. You know, mm. and also eat your water. You know, food that is um, yes, yeah, food that has got a lot of moisture. Living and then, water. and again, you know, I'm always going to keep bringing this conversation back to the algae, <laughs> because that's my, that's what I specialize in now, right? But a lot of the algae are really good at helping you to uh, retain water. Yes. Um, not in a bad way, you know. Some people have water retention issues. I don't mean it like yeah. that. I'm talking about the viscosity of the, of your plasma. Yes. You know, having um, um, uh, a, a more mineral dense bone marrow having healthier cartilage, mm. um, more material for your tendons, um, stronger myelin sheath, all these things, the connective tissues, your fascia, you know, mm. a lot of that's coming out of the algae, but also the, um, the, the way the algae gel up in the body, the viscosity acts as like an insulator against radiation, you know, uh, and also when, when you strengthen the viscosity of your, of your structure, it, gives less scope for pathogens mm. and these types of little, little invasive mm. friends <laughs> to come in and then, you know, occupy the space, you know? Because I always say colonization starts in the colon, <laughs> you know? Which one? Colonization. Colonization. Colon. Yeah. I was like, did you say that right? Yeah. 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 And I'm not joking because at the, on the outset, on the onset of colonization, it started with trade, yeah. and that trade was mainly swapping very useful goods from people living in indigenous environments, and then giving them refined goods and sugars yes, and processed foods. And the first generation of people who interact that uh, processed 
refined diet. These are the people that start getting tuberculosis, um, all sorts of cavities, um, just disease, you know, is coming out of that. And that's where we are today. You know, is, we're yeah. going to talk about like a, a, a global pandemic of a, a bogeyman virus and ignore all the, pe like the pesticides and herbicides sprayed directly onto our food, direct, directly on us. Um, the crap that they bleach the water with, you know, to, to clean the water. It's not really, I wouldn't clean water with something poisonous, <laughs> you know. It's got to be a better way of cleaning the water. <laughs> like filtration system, the best way to get water is always from the spring, right? right? The earth is amazing, you know, like the ocean has got an ocean in it. You know, if you go to the bottom of the ocean, you're going to find lakes <laughs> that you can't, that you can still, you can walk on, <laughs> you know, like there's so much undiscovered things in the ocean and the filtration system of the water coming around, the whole cyclic system of the environment is genius. But how we're trying to replicate it with the tap system, it's not doing us any favors. No, I mean, I, I again, I learned that insight as a child again back in Belfast because I knew that the military were we had more lead in our water at one time, you know, and that was causing that caused people to be to be brain dead, you know. How did you know that? It came out of some okay. some um, freedom of information bullshit, and also like just people testing the waters, you know. Okay. So like you know, you have the example of Ferguson in America, you know. Um, Michigan, Ferguson, you know, there's a big scandal about their water, right? But that's not an isolated uh, exactly. anything, yeah. you know? And um, yeah. if you even do a quick search now on the uh, synthetic divination device that they call search engines, <laughs> <laughs> you'll find information showing that the UK has got a high um, correlation between prostate cancer and tap mm -hmm. water. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. The amount of information that you're sharing here is yeah. mad. And I feel I like... Think, I think it's really simple, though, because like, honestly, what, what I'm saying about the... Um, when you see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. When, when, when you, when see, you it. see it, it's simple, you know, so, and it's about trying to be able to break it down into simple terms so you can share it like that. So and and I, I'll never stop saying that the mo it's really as simple as natural light, getting to sleep at a, at a, a good hour, circadian rhythm, eating natural native foods yeah. and, and doing things to improve your mood, you know, you'll be so healthy yeah. if, you can, if you can be around people and have good, loving, happy relationships, yeah. eating natural native food, be in the light, yeah. all these things are going to optimum help. help. I love this, it's so simple. <laughs> this is really simple. Uh, but Take away the poisons, but yes. we are being poisoned by everything. Everywhere. And that's, that's, that's the hard part to unpack, it you know, because even right now, like, I, like I'm dressed like a hobo, but this is all natural fiber, yes. <laughs> you know, this is cotton, this is cotton, um, this is denim, cotton, you know, if I wanted to even heighten my vibration, I'd be wearing all linen or all wool, yeah. you know, but I would be causing myself a lot of harm if I was sitting here wearing um, nylon plastic. and poly, <laughs> poly um, ester and that type of thing. Yeah, it's basically plastic, you know, because those things are not only carcinogenic, but they also lower your, uh, your vibration, your um, shine. Because it's, it's resonant frequencies between these materials and the atoms. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just find it so mad. Yeah. It's, there's just, it's like, even the example you gave of where you were born, yeah. and it's just like, whoa, what's going on? Like, we're just born into this crazy world. Yeah. It's just so not designed for us. And I think the lockdown 
really has given opportunity for us to see like the depth of how that goes. Yeah. But what I found so interesting is that a lot of it is just labelled conspiracy theory. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's a very easy way to dismiss an argument, to undermine an argument. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and and to prevent wow. having to address the evidence being presented. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's 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 coming from a simplistic mind to and a and a, and a a mind that doesn't want to have to face that mm. level of what could possibly be going on. Yeah. You know, because it's one thing being afraid, afraid of a potential um, contagion that's going to cause you um, uh, to choke out. And there's, an, there's another thing to be aware of a uh, worldwide, <laughs> um, you know, basically a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, you know, <laughs> That everything, you know. I, I, I was going to say to enslave the human, human, human race, right? But, you know, uh, they already did that. They did that a long time ago. I only, I only really see them as, as moving the furniture around with this. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because they, well, they're changing the fiat system. They, they know that the banking system is collapsing, so they needed to change the whole financial system, and they wanted to, peop they wanted to regulate people more. You know, the one that's on the digital ID and on this carbon credit. But when credit. did they... They, I'll break that, that down to the, the hierarchy <laughs> enslaving you. you. Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> it's so good. You know, but if you want to break it down into people, like right now there's, um, uh, there's just look at the, follow the money, basically, you know, so look at companies, industry, you know, who are the industry leaders, who are the finances, uh, who are the families involved, you know, and you can mention some names, you can look at BlackRock, you can look at um, uh, Vanguard, you yeah. can look at, um, you know, some of the, the, the families that were... Huh? Rockefeller, Rockefeller. Exactly, you know. But they're not alone, but they're definitely, yeah. Rockefeller, Rothschilds, Gates, um, DuPont, the Bears, Rhodes, uh, Turbright. You know, there's a lot of people you can bring up. Um, but essentially it's, a, it's a old school families. Yeah. Old money, you know, that have managed to, um, through hostile takeovers and everything, mergers managed to own all of the companies you know like you could start up a brand, your own brand of soda pop today have a great deal of success with it maybe even turn it into a multi-billion dollar business and then you, you will be pressured yeah. to sell it yeah. to one of the big boys you know and they have their own again you know because coca-cola isn't isn't the end of the the, the layer the, yes. the lane it goes up to um I'm not sure he owns Coca-Cola, but Kraft or something like that one. You know, but it's, I think it's like five or six companies, you know, so when you look at those five or six companies, it's going to be families, you yeah. know. Like right now, what we're dealing with the World Economic Forum, if you look at their yeah. um, partners, it's, that's a who's who. That's, yeah. You want to say who they are, that's a perfect example. Just look at everybody who's involved in the World Economic Forum. <laughs> so, I, yeah, thanks for that. I feel like this is such an interesting... Everyone always gets a bit caught up when people use the word they or them. Yeah. And it's just like... And it's hard for people to understand that this is like... This con this is the conspiracy, right? Uh -huh. This, you know? But, yeah, what is your understanding of, you know, the people, say, below them? Because I feel like not everyone is clued up to... Oh, no, absolutely not. No, of course not. Um, 
I think there's a lot of good-hearted people that are being misled uh, and institutionalized and educated. Educated. Educated is a trick word. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that's indoctrination, right? Wow, yeah. You know, so education, like, if you, if you, if you were to give the education of a generation to benevolent people, <laughs> you may get a different outcome than people who have ulterior motives, you know? And we definitely have yes. uh, ulterior motives in our curriculum. Mm. Uh, Mm-hmm. And the methodology of how we educate as well, you know, because really they want people that are fit for purpose in a society that has been designed, mm-hmm. you know. And I always say like fitness and health are different things, mm-hmm. you know, because you can be fit for purpose but unhealthy, mm-hmm. and that could be weaponized, you know. Like for example, in, in the army, um, they would try to make super soldiers, you know, with all sorts of different means and technology and steroids and this, that and the other, you know, so they could be battle-ready super soldiers and you do not want to come across these people because <laughs> they will uh, be mm-hmm. fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But how their health is going to be a few years down the line because of how they've been engineered, that's not healthy, you know, so there's a difference, you know. People are, they, they want people to be fit for labor, you know, only as smart as they want you to be and only as physically fit as as they want you to be, (laughs) you know? Uh, I feel like just the more, the way you're talking about it as well, it's like I can, you can just really see the system. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, see all the, the experiments that they do on the animals, the rats and the monkeys and so on. That's, that's testing for us. You know, like firstly, they say like we're testing fragrances, we're testing this medicine, we're testing this, but they're yeah. testing behavioral patterns, you know, and psychology, you know, as well. So <laughs> if, you, if you step back and look at society in that regard and see like how things have been manipulated and engineered, you know, like even again, like where I come from, the, 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 the shit stirring of the sectarian conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's an uphill struggle to, to to bring peace and harmony to a community when you have these forces that are stirring the pot. And they're stirring it now as well. Oh yeah, no, that's always going to stir it. <laughs> Divine conquer is the base principle of discordance. You want polemic discordance. You know, okay. even the whole um, left-right paradigm and um, yeah. always having the, the this two-system party yes. in, a, in, a, in a country, you know. Like even a while ago, I felt like no, people had lost so much interest in political engagement with party politics that I thought we were on a good path because it was going to make things obsolete and the government's going to be, yeah, you guys are just going to have to like pack up shop and no one's interested in your service, <laughs> you know? But then they, um, what I noticed was when um, Corbyn was running, um, Everybody felt like it was a really good thing because he seems like a guy with a good heart and all that. But what I recognized was he was used as a kind of a, a flag to galvanize the right against him. So, so that created a political engagement again in the voting system. And then because he was getting slaughtered and slandered, the um, alleged left <laughs> started to, to jump up in defense of um, my man, you know? 
and then now you've got this discordance again, mm-hmm. and it's the discordance that's creating um, engagement, and it's the engagement that's giving it power, you know. Yes. Same yeah, as yeah, a, yeah, same yeah. as arguing on on Instagram. Yeah. You know, you can be arguing about Instagram on Instagram. You know, but you're giving that engagement. So if you're giving it engagement, you're giving it power. When you take it away, like, because if you really want to deal with sovereign, spiritual, you know, individuality or whatever, you know, connected with everything and so on. Yeah. You need to be individual, uh, but connected. Yeah, just not connected to this Babylon system. That's fake. Yeah. But you want to connect to what's real. Yeah. You know, the the cosmos, Gaia, like Earth, like the elements, life. If you yeah. want to connect to that, then... Um, uh, yeah, I feel like this yeah. is the whole quest, is finding out what's real, what's fake, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I recommend spending a few months in the jungle, <laughs> you'll find out, <laughs> you know? Because you'll see, you start, you start to recognise when the sun comes up, when the sun comes down, you'll, he- you'll hear the cymatics of nature, yeah. you'll see everything working together, you'll see the water flow, you'll see the, the, um, you see the plants being pollinated, um, mm. you see how things are working, Nature's you design. know? Well, what's happening to us is that we're being sheltered a great deal from our, our relationship as nature, not only with nature. Oh, wow, I love you that. Yeah, because yeah, we're not separate from nature. No, we're not. You know, but when, when we build true. this environment, it feels like we've created this sterile envi- yeah. enclosure. You yes. know, this is almost a type of zoo. You know, and it's yeah. a zoo that's being weaponized. It's almost, you know, you see the correlation between like a city and a... The microchip mic, uh, motherboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. So, it's like, you know, there's a relationship to that as well because we're making it's our energy is being harnessed to, to make this happen. You know, it's true, and I'm, I'm, I don't even, I'm not to throw the baby out with the water type thing That's as well. Okay. I like my technology. I, I'm, yes. I'm all about modern cons and all that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be conned by the modern cons. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm not trying to live in smart city world either. You in know. smart city world. Yeah, that's what, what's coming down the line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because smart city is... It's carcinogenic to begin with, you know, so I'm not feeling the, the, the health implications of it. Um, but I don't want to detach from the natural world that point, that extent. It needs to be in harmony, it needs to be in balance, you know, because yeah. we are technology. All of the, everything that we're using is coming from us. Yeah. You look within and you discover, you know, how to make the camera from the eye, you know, and speakers from the mouth and you know, receivers from the ears and, and yeah, the body is basically like teaching us everything and if it's not coming from the body it's coming from an observation of something else in nature and then we're breaking it down into technology and replicating it mm. um, so I'm not a technophobe in that yes, regard yeah, you know? yeah. but I'm, I'm aware yeah. of yeah. how knowledge is weaponized against us I think the awareness is very important. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, that's what it is, because knowledge is power, and yeah. they use it against us. Exactly. You know? So, we, we become enslaved to, yeah. like... Uh, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. As well. That's why it's always important to stay in student mode, you know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so true. It should always be student mode. You can't just say that you're... Yeah. Like, you, can't, you can't stand on everything that you say. Yeah. You know? I just yeah. wanted to ask you, you said um, in your 20s you realised the connection between animals and you didn't want to harm them. Uh, yeah. You said you had an epiphany. Just wondered what... Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to sound corny, but you know, I love my... Um, I love my... Um, 
reggae music and in particular like a Bob Marley and I think growing up in Belfast um, we all love Bob Marley you know wow yeah. yeah like Bob Marley like if you talk about reggae to people in general they don't know anything other than Bob Marley that's so true right <laughs> so for me if I, was, if I wanted to play a reggae event and I'm obviously I'm not just going to play Bob Marley all night but if I wanted to do a reggae night it would need to be like Bob Marley's anniversary, Bob Marley's birthday, Bob Marley something, <laughs> you know? But I listen to Bob Marley, I, I, he's very prophetic and I like how he has his view on the world and obviously he lead me to the teachings of Haile Selassie and so on. Okay. You know, because that's, that's his message. His oh. message is a messenger for Haile Selassie, it's a Rastafari message, you know, so he, he, he takes you back to the king. And that takes you back to Orthodox Christianity and then you get to look at you know, that, and then you're breaking down the allegory and trying to understand the science and what's being said in these stories and parables. Um, but anyway, that, that's another tangent. I'm just saying, like, I had a kind of like a vision of Bob Marley <laughs> just came and was talking about the relationship with us and the animals and wow. you know, being ital, you know, yeah. ital with the terminology and liberty as well, um, having that relationship with the plants. And ital is the food. Ital is a terminology that is similar to herbivore uh, okay. or vegan, but vegan is obviously with pretend processed crap, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's not with a health focus. Herbivore is um, eating natural food, herbs and so on. That's more health focused and it's more of a natural diet. Ital means that it's a, a living food that is seasonal and most likely foraged, okay. you know, because it's picked and it's uh, like if you live in the countryside, and you're growing your own food, uh, uh, yeah. that's going to be ital, okay. you know. There's no pesticide, it's all, uh, it's not uh, monocropped stuff, you know. This is, this is me taking it to the extreme, and this is an extreme of ital. But you'll get people who would argue against that and say ital just means that they don't have salt, they don't have pork, da 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 da, you know. So there's different uh, views on mm -hmm. what that means, but um, the most diehard um, in the Rasa tradition who use ITAL, that's where I, I subscribe and lean more that direction because okay. I'm a bit more of an extremist, <laughs> you know, because I feel that you have to be. Mm -hmm. And the more you become an extremist with uh, dietary uh, discipline and so on, the less extreme it feels, you know, to, to the outside looking in it looks deep. But to me it's absolutely normal now, yeah. you know, and I'm always going down over layers because it's the same way I had the epiphany with the animal, I've also now had the epiphany with the plant, you know. And I'm, that's why I don't support industrial agriculture, you know, or the, or the monocropping of cloned crops or um, uh, the pesticides and the herbicides and all these types of stuff, you know. I'm much more looking for land-raised crops. Land-raised means um, native to its habitat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that have grown in the circadian rhythm of what the cosmos is, is dictating, you know. Uh, obviously, in times of depletion, that could lead us into problem when there's food scarcity. Yes. But this is why we have to look at our, our, um, our the rest of the, the earthling family, you know? Like I, I, I describe myself with the squirrels, you know? <laughs> I always see myself as a squirrel. And the squirrels, they are looking, they, they, they're putting their nuts away for winter and so yeah. on and so on, you know what I mean? Like there's things that you can do, there's things you got to wise up to, you know, in this world. Like uh, the idea of food scarcity is actually a myth. You know, because that's, yeah. that's one way that they can promote the idea of the green revolution and the GMO foods and so on. They say they're going to prevent starvation. 
But right now, I mean, they could, we could easily end starvation right now just through uh, equity of um, food distribution. But instead, they want to inject everybody with poison. You know, they got the money for that, but they don't. You know, that's an alarm bell, surely for people. You know, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're willing to spend billions of our money. You know, because people think it's a free lunch. Yes. But a free lunch. They do. Who paid for that free lunch? It's yeah. tax money. You know, so we're being. You're working on a lot of people. The percentage of tax is crazy. You know, and you want to give that to a pharmaceutical company, <clears throat> so they can go from a billion dollar profit to a trillion dollar profit. And poison people in the process, you know, with all of their Fugazi data and corrupt yes. science and censored this, that, and the other. I'm like, really, no, Honestly. you know. And when you break it down, where, where they, the, the the origin of the pharmaceutical industry is all based on herbalism, really, you know, because uh, yeah. you deal with botany. Not be? <laughs> no, botany, botany is the original science, you know. And I follow the science. I trust the science, actually. You know, yeah. which is a, which is a, a, a trigger word right now. Yeah, but I, yeah. when I talk about science, I'm talking about the yeah. natural law. Yeah. You know, not 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 synthetic science or yeah. what's, what these people are doing. That's a yeah. bastardization of science. You know, yeah. corruption and, the, and the, you know, commercialization and. There's such a misconception because yeah. I feel like, like that people say, yeah, no, I'm following science, and I'm like, I'm following the science too. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> I follow, I follow that, I follow their science all the way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I Love follow, that. I follow my science to the creator. Oh. You know. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, and there's a difference, you know, and that doesn't make me anti-science. I mean, I'm really into the science. I study. I'm, I'm fascinated by the science. I love it. You know, honestly, when I yeah. break down into quantum biology yes. and all that, are you talking? That's just. Now you're talking about spirituality. Yes. But this is, I feel like there's such a weird conception out here. And it's like, science is different to spirituality. No, but no, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Do there's a lot know? of atheist scientists, though, which is, yeah. to me, concerns me. Because it makes me think, like, what are you studying? Mm. You know, what are you studying if you're not studying, like, like life? You yeah. know, living life. Because the body is not just... Uh, a construct of proteins and yeah, yeah, peptides exactly. and da da da. Exactly. You know, it's a vibration. There's living light. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're not going to explain um, in your study exactly the mechanism of sadness and happiness and joy. I mean, you can talk about the hormones and so on that are going to yeah, uh, produce these things. Yeah, but there's also the soul and the spirit and the mind yeah. and the thought and the vibration and yeah. the original um, sign. Yeah. You know, I talk about original sin, talk about original sine wave, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's your frequency. Yeah, and you know, this is science, you know, because even, even with light metabolism, this is why circadian rhythm is important because you know when you do cymatics on water or sand, you're yeah. going to see shape, yeah. right? So there's, when vibration is vibrating through the body, same way we just started with the breath and the hum. There's a vibration there, right? That vibration. Um, has a harmonic response to every every element in the body, you know. So while while you're doing that tone, you're you're tuning yourself, you know. And you're gonna see those shapes that we see all of the time, like from a tetrahedron to a hexagon to the the shape that we see as the uh, the, the seal of Solomon, the Star of David. You know, this shape is the shape that you see um, even magnesium uh, take form um, in in. Um, uh, in chlorophyll, you know, that's the same shape. And it's not just a two-dimensional shape, it's, it's, it's like that and around, so it's like a, a spiraling 
yeah. going around like this because it's Merkabah. creating it's like a tor yeah the Merkaba yeah is coming yeah. on the outside of that but on the inside you're creating uh, like two toroid fields and in the middle of this yes. you have what's called a primer field yes, you know if you want to talk about science I recommend people look up primer fields uh -huh. and how they're formed using mounds uh -huh. you know because a lot of these shapes are creating um, they're creating their own light and, and a thing called refraction you know um, yeah, so anyway, like, vibration is very important, like, you, you, we talk about vibes all the time, and vibes are really the main thing that are contagious, you know, like, like if you come into a room and you're laughing hysterically, like, you know, more people may start laughing, you know, mm -hmm. a laugh, you know, how, how contagious is a laugh, Yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah, if someone's being really moody, yeah, it takes one person, exactly, you know yeah. what I mean, vibes are so contagious, and, that's, and this is why, like, harmonic resonance, harmonic that's resonance, right, yeah. Harmonic resonance is also known as morphic resonance, and I always give an example of, of how menstruation uh, sinks when women are living together. Yes, that's that's an example of morphic resonance. Wow. You know? And another yeah. example is what we consider to be the flu of the cold. Because yeah. a flu of the cold is misconstrued as something that is a contagion that we've caught from somebody where it's not. So what it is is that uh, we're living in an environment where we're loading ourselves with a high toxic load. Mm. So if somebody's going through a detox, and you come in contact with that morphic resonance, then you're going to f get a signal to say, oh, you have a high toxic load too, let's detox. Mm. But you may not have a high toxic load, you may have a very good drainage system, your lymphatic system's on point, da da da, -da you know, uh, and you're not going to get the cold, you don't, you don't need to detox in that same way. Or you may have uh, some type of um, immunosuppressant situation going on where you're told to detox but you're not detoxing and your, your toxic load is just going to continue to yes. create disease and that could be a problem and I feel that could be a problem with these things that, the, that people have been injected with because a lot of these adjuvants are crippling the immune response yeah, yeah. and that's dangerous because Is this the that. difference between the germ theory and terrain theory? Um, it's not, uh. it's, it's separate from both, you're talking about morphic resonance, like, uh, okay. but it's related because okay. it's related to the terrain theory and terrain theory doesn't exclude germ theory because yes. the, the terrain is where the germ is, okay. you know? Yeah. With germ theory, it's, germ theory is um, making the terrain uh, irrelevant, yes. the terrain's got nothing to got do it. with it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, germ theory is basically saying that the environment in the body is sterile, yeah. you know, and that uh, when you have an infection you need to get your antibiotics and blah blah blah. But that's already out the window because if that's, if that's the case, why are we using antibiotics and why are we using probiotics? And what's this relationship that we're talking about now between the gut flora and the brain and everything and everything? You know, it's already completely understood that uh, the microbiome is an essential part of uh, what we are, you know? Yeah, and so the, does, yeah, yeah, and a healthy terrain is what we're talking about, like your yeah. glycocalyx around the cells. The, the, uh, and a, a strong uh, mucous membrane and with integrity, the, the viscosity of your plasma, um, you know, everything going on in the body, you know, your, your, your fat to muscle ratio, this is all terrain, you know, and mm -hmm. the terrain is a, what's known as pleomorphic. And pleomorphism is when one thing can kind of turn into another or grow into another, there's growth and, and um, uh, growth and decay, but the decay actually becomes fertilization for more growth. It's as above, so below. This is the earth we're talking about, you know. What's going on in the jungle is a, is a living, living system, and the human body is the same. You know, we're basically a vacuum. Mm. 
carrying like these organs, you can consider them as like um, land masses, you know, with with jungles and yeah. river systems and oceans and weather systems yeah. all upon their own, you know. Um, I geek out on this shit, you know. Yeah. I study like a, um, um, I got a book by, um, oh God, what's that guy's name? I'll come back to me. I've got a book anyway on the uh, on the surface of the uh, cell membrane, and um, I found it really interesting that they were showing that there was weather cycles happening on the the cell membrane. I thought, like, wow, it's like basically the Earth is com com comparable to a cell. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it is, but I just find that kind of yeah. philosophical way of thinking. A correlation interesting you know yeah. but that's like terrain like yeah we definitely have a terrain we're not a rope we're not a machine in the same way that a microwave or something is that yeah, you can have yeah. changing parts yeah. and all that everything's always changing i mean wow i feel like um yeah i think it's so cool that you've just gone off and done your independent research you know yeah. just looking at because what's happened is like I just think we don't know. There's so much we don't know because we've been infiltrated with all this information that isn't necessarily true. So it's like, how do you, if we don't know who we are, do you know what I mean? Then what are we doing? So it's very cool that you're just doing it, you know, just going out there diving deep. Well, yeah, and I'm still learning, you know, like even yeah. what I'm saying, I second guess because I, I've got my notes, I've yeah. got my books, I listen to who I listen to, I try to listen to yeah. uh, as many different types of perspectives of the same thing as possible yeah. to get like a more of an oversight view and see what resonates and makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but what happened at the start of the lockdown when I was sharing the information? Back to that. <laughs> yeah, no, because I was just saying like what what it it galvanized me to get into education. Okay. You know, because not only did I leave home at fourteen, I left education, so I don't have any qualification, no formal education. Yeah. Up until now, you know. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Up until now, so it's up twenty twenty. I just because I I'm, I'm I've been gigging like back to back for about. 25 more years. Wow. Right? Honestly, DJ. that DJing, yeah, and organizing events and playing in bands. Yeah. Like, I've got over a thousand flowers with my own name on it, you know what I mean? It's like I've been playing out. I don't even make time to make mixtapes, I just play live, and I love that, you know, because my vibration is all about this live energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the projects that I like to put together aren't just so much um, like recorded studio products, uh, projects. I like the live event experience. Yeah. That's where I see myself as an artist, you know, in curation and creating an environment, uh, an immersive experience and being able to direct that and yes. know what's going on. In real time. Yeah. But with 2020, everything got shut down. I can't do no gigs. All my days, what's happening here? Like, you know, <laughs> luckily enough, I've only got a, a few people. Like, we were having little house parties for our own mental health and just um, be like side eye together. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you see what's going on? Yeah, I see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know? But uh, with that time that I had anyway, and the fact that when I was sharing information and it's being inflammatory to people because um, the, um, the idea that radiation could be a problem is, you're, you're insane. And I'm like, well, here's all the information that proves it, you know, because it's correlated to observation and... Um, <laughs> 
Science on the science. <laughs> it's, yeah, follow the science on that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you know, they try to tell you like non-ionizing radi radiation doesn't have any problem to the living system, but that's nonsense. It's it's it's, it's a different way. Like um, the ionizing radiation will mess you up directly straight away. Non-ionizing radi radiation is more like the lobster in boiling water syndrome. You know, and some of the mechanisms of why it does cause you problems is. Like, for example, on your sweat ducts, you have salt water, you know, and this ionizing radiation can heat that up and, and, and affect your entire endocrine system. That's just one mechanism, you know. Another is also interfering with our relationship with what we know of as our circadian rhythm yes. and having the signals from the cosmos and the light. And, and the same way I'm talking about the blue light toxicity from screens, now when we have Wi-Fi on all night and we can't avoid it, it's almost like having the sun on all night, you know. So yes. that's, a, that's an issue. That's, that's, again, it's all oxidative stress, free radical damage in the body. You know, and it's a real thing. But anyway, sharing that type of information, and I was also even like telling people what's coming down, what the plan is in regards to the fact that they're going to be rolling out this uh, jib-jab thing and they're going to make it mandatory and they're going to do this and the other. People are like, oh, you're crazy. I said, well, we're here now. And I've, we're in 2022 now. And I, I did mention at the start of 2020 that this is likely to happen by the start of 2021. And everyone's like, that's not, you can't get, there's no vaccine, that's not going to happen. Da, da, da. I said, yeah, you're right, there's no vaccine, it's an mRNA uh, gene therapy technology, but yeah, okay. They're going to have it ready by 2021, watch. And they did, they had it ready by December 2020. You know, warp speed. You know, everyone thought your man Trump was a hero, but he's part of that Operation Warp Speed, you know, it's all punch and judy show shit going on in the um, mm -hmm. political theater, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't want to get caught up in that um, mm -hmm. uh, left-right thing because with um, Trump, he was used as a poster boy to get Biden elected, and Biden is an original racist. <laughs> he put through the crime bill, you know? Most ra racist policy that um, the United States has ever seen, you know? And I don't know how people can't see it through his little slimy facade, you know, especially now in his declining uh, years, where he's like, uh, just coming across weird and creepy. He put through know. this bill before? Or? Yeah, when he was younger. There's a bill called the, the Crime Bill, um, something Crime Bill. But you can just look at Biden Crime Bill and you'll see what I mean. Okay, cool. It was really about uh, racial profiling. Oh yeah, no, I did hear about this, yeah, yeah. 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 It was really pushing down on, on racial profiling and increasing sentences. I mean, I just feel like you were in the boat of a lot of people who, for some reason, like I had a lot of information in 2020 as well, uh -huh. and it just, and it came true, yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought it was kind of obvious what was going on. I was, I was taken aback by it, but I was more suffering from anxiety. My anxiety, my anxiety got, went, went through the roof, but not because of what, the way Babylon moved. It was more the reaction, the, the, how spellbound people be, yeah, were, know, including I people I, I was living with, looking at me like I'm the crazy one for yeah. pointing out what I consider to be very rational points. Yeah, this you is know? It's a crazy period of time right now <laughs> because I feel like, yeah, I saw this meme and it was like, it's never been more obvious how you can be living in a completely different world oh, yeah, yeah. to standing next to someone. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's, that's what I mean by saying that I was already in that world. You know, because when, yeah. when I come to oh, yeah, of course. when I come to London, I was thinking like a lot of people don't even know yeah. what, what what's going on in Belfast. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like yeah. like that now in Belfast so much, by the way. But when I was a child, it was. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, so when I come over, I'm thinking like I kind of had a little bit of resentment towards everyone's naivety, and because I was working behind bars and um, 
in warehouses and stuff. And I just remember uh, people being so blasé with their credit cards and da da da, and me being a little bit bitter about it. But I got over all that. I used to have bitterness towards the soldiers as well. Um, but I've come to, to understand that they're also being exploited because they target people in um, uh, like the poorest communities yes. that have been engineered to be poor in the first place. Um, and they usually have bleak outlooks uh, on life in regards to career options and so on. And then they give them all this idea of honor and, and um, belonging and yeah. uh, being in the right thing, you know, because there's all this propaganda about how the, I mean, the empire and so on, you know. It's just mad. Yes, yeah, it is what it is, you know. It's just what it is, you know. So I see those people as being exploited the same way that we were, you know, because it's like yeah. grooming, like child grooming, you know. It's like, uh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the war machine and I uh, don't take no sides on the war machine, you know. Yeah, this is exactly it. I feel like it's just a being able to like come out of all of this conditioning because it's everywhere. There's a lot of unpacking to do. Like, yes. Unpacking is the most important thing to do. Yeah. And I think it's probably harder for some than, than others. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I, in some ways, I feel almost blessed that I yeah. had the rude awakening at an early age, yeah. and then I had the um, the good fortune of being introduced to hip hop and dance and good people, and then get to travel and, yeah. and have my eyes open to seeing things around the world and uh, integrating with with all sorts of different cultures and being able to recognise that. Uh, uh, there are no stereotypes in regards to like you know um, mm. what you may have a preconception about uh, people because you've had a, a, an indoctrination about other cultures. Yeah. You know, but once you start like traveling and being around people, you realize everyone's as quirky as everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's all sorts of like just mad hatters out there, and Traffic everyone's quite stage. friendly and cool. Like you know, yeah. and I think people are good natured in 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 the core as well, even yeah. when they're in positions where they do wicked things. Yeah. You know, which is like what you were asking me about. The, the they hierarchy, there's definitely people in the whole just going along to get along with stuff, not giving it too much mind, their mind and attention is elsewhere with their family and loved ones and so on. Doesn't mean they're necessarily bad people because they're doing bad things. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, but it's a, it's a thin line though still. Yes. That vibe there, you know, because uh, we are living in the information age and, yeah. you know, you can unplug from that. I do also love what you said about, I mean, I feel like your journey, a lot of it has been about food, health, you know, herbs, you know, coming into this awakening yeah. of what's happening. And I feel like that is like the point, the starting point, because it's what you're putting into your body. Yeah. And that's when everything shifts and changes. Was it, there, sorry, like when you change your diet, did you, can, like, what's your understanding of the spiritual side of things? Because I feel like there's also... So sometimes people separate it, like coming to the wake of what's happening in the world, but then also going through your own personal, how do you, how, how did it feel? <laughs> um, I think it was more when I started to move, make the transition from the vegan food yeah, into okay. eating like real living plants. Okay. <clears throat> and recognizing that there's a, an exchange of life energy. Uh, and that I should be living in a position of gratitude for that, mm. and also, um, yeah, you know, having the thanks, and uh, and also the, the onward well wish for the spirit of of whatever the, the it's it's onward journey, mm. you know, because like the time when I went to the, 
Venezuela into the jungle with Nati and the gang. Um, there was a real, um, like, uh, acute awareness of uh, everything that you eat. There's a kind of a, a mantra and a chant to, like a prayer basically, you know. To give, to give thanks for the food and, and to wish well to the spirit of the energy of that food and it's on the journey. And again, that can seem woo-woo again, I know, yes. I know that can, but um, it's one of the things, you know, you have to, you have to be there, <laughs> you know, or you have to be here, you have to be where you are to get it, you know, but you when, when, when you, you have to be present, you have to feel it and to, to, to understand it, like, yes. um, and when you, when you have a more of an appreciation, though, I believe, with um, the compatibility um, of you and what it is that you're going to digest. Um, yeah, you have a higher appreciation uh, for it. Um, you know that you're doing yourself a good service. Mm. Um, and you're living, uh, you know, more in harmony with the ecosystem. Mm. Uh, yeah, because there is a lot to give thanks for that and the fact that you've been provided um, sustenance in the first place. Yeah. And that it's so tasty and you get to share it with people that you um, have a good vibe with. And uh, the fact that it's, you know, it's a blessing to be alive, even in these times, <laughs> you know? Especially in these times. Especially in these times, especially if you think of it in the terms that you come in here with spiritual armor to do something of a purpose, you know, maybe in these revelation times, you know? I don't know. Sometimes I just like to enjoy my life, but yeah, we have these missions as well, you know. know so know, it's a challenge yeah. and a test. So if you can yeah. balance it all out, yeah. you know, because I said the other day, um, I tweeted, um, you can make your lifestyle your protest, but don't make your oh, protest yeah. your lifestyle. I was going to ask you about this actually. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I mean by um, your, your, your lifestyle itself can be your protest. You know, everything that you do, you know, like uh, you're doing it in spite of, mm. you know, you're going to like joy. I'm going to live my life in, in love and joy and harmony mm. in spite of yeah. all this stress. And then the other one? The other one don't is like, uh, don't make your protest your lifestyle, you know, that's, uh, and by, by that I mean, if you're going to get caught up in the protest, what are you going to do when the protest is over? Oh, wow. Don't get addicted to the protest, yeah. you know, because it's not the, that, you, you don't want to make that your ego. You don't make okay, that, to, okay. you, you want that to be you. That makes sense. You're not, you're not an activist for the sake of being an activist, yeah. you know, you're not protesting for life. Gotcha. You know, you have a protest, but being at the protest isn't the best way to deal with it. The best way to, yes. to apply yourself to a protest, I feel, is to, make your lifestyle okay. your protest. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I saw this one thing, it said, yeah, the resistance isn't something you join, it's who you are. That's perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes perfect sense. I was thinking about it, I read yeah. it, I was like... <laughs> and resistance as well is part of um, uh, traction, you know, it's a part of engagement, you know. I can't remember where I read some other parable, it was like talking about... I guess it's related to you don't fight fire with fire. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but 
is also looking at the idea of say, say war is like a fire lava flow, um, and it and it and it, or or even a snowball effect, but let's say fire, and it's flowing, and it keeps getting bigger because of all the more fire it's attracting, in regards to like resistance, <laughs> you know, because because you know it takes conflict you know, to create war, yeah. you know, so if you don't engage with it, yeah. it kind of fizzles out, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. so I'm like, if, if you step out of the fire, you can yeah. let it pass, or you can just let it fizzle out, I love that. you know, and so that's why I'm more like, let's step out of the fire and concentrate on what it is that we need to do to build a better world for ourselves right now, you know, because so, I really believe in making the system obsolete yeah. is a better way of dealing with it than, um, and, uh, and try and resist it and attack it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just re I use the word reject rather than resist. Yeah, you know, I reject it. <laughs> so yeah, I just would like. I mean, I make use of what I uh, what I find um, not not soul destroying. Yeah. But um, yeah, in general, I reject it, and I believe that we need to build something. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily to make the whole thing obsolete and disappear, but make it obsolete in regards to our our dependency on it. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And then maybe it will disappear. No. <laughs> yeah, I just want to ask you some questions. So, yeah. what is your understanding of? Look, I feel like a lot of things are just backwards, and that's just kind of the way it is. What's your understanding on why? <laughs> Can you give me an example of what you think is backwards? Just you know, we've come so far. Everything you're explaining, really, so so far away from nature, away from who we are, away from natural medicine. You know, it's to the extent now people just believe that it's a conspiracy. Mm. You know. Yeah. So like, yeah, what is your understanding well, I believe why? It's, I believe it's absolutely done by design. There you go. <laughs> you know? It's been in the works for a very long time. That's why colonialism starts in the colon. Yeah. And I mean that because like what I was saying about the introduction of colonialization coming through trade yeah. and destroying people's health and minds through um, refined foods and sugars. You know, this is the beginning to make people uh, yeah. weak, sick and diseased. So why do you think that was done by design? Um, to enslave people, to use people, to control people, um, and um, people's narcissism in wanting to to do those types of things, you know. And it's not new. Uh, this is something that's been, you know, goes back to like Pharisees and yeah. Phoenicians and all this type of stuff, you know, true. like ways of uh, controlling the people. Because like same way, I remember there was a story, I don't know if it's a true story, it's a parable of the Pharaoh talking about um, uh, getting the people to believe that he's uh, completely in touch with God because they had prior knowledge of when the eclipse would happen, but the people don't. So they're going to come out and say, tonight we're going to make the sun disappear. Yes. And then people are like, wow! <laughs> you know? So that type of technology is still play today, you know? Because that's the knowledge is power situation, you know? If you know something that the masses don't, and you can kind of like play that against yes. them and say like, uh, yeah, we're going to make the, a tsunami or something, you know, because they have that technology as well. Yeah. You know? So what, like how does your understanding of the creator come into it? You know, because I feel like some people are saying, why would the creator design this, you know? Uh, design the wickedness? Yeah. Um, exactly. It's, it's just to do with free will. It all boils down to free will, you know. Um, <laughs> Love that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then in some regards, um, 
the um, it acts as an like as an antagonist for growth. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. living in a wicked environment is actually telling us to step up. Which is what you experienced, you know. I've experienced that, yeah, yeah. and and I, and I believe I think the whole world is going through that experience yeah, right now, and I'm hoping people see the signs to see like um, it's time to unpack a lot and to deal with things in a different way. Yeah. And not yeah. to put everything into the power of these people that we already know are corrupt. Literally. You know, but for some reason they're not corrupt in this instant. Yeah. You know, that's a strange way of looking at stuff. But we know that the governments are corrupt, the world governments are corrupt. And it doesn't stop at your local government and your local corrupt politician. And definitely talking about the United Nations, mm -hmm. definitely talking about the International Monetary Fund, definitely talking about the World Bank, definitely talking about the World Economic Forum, definitely talking about all of these institutions and all of these industry leaders, mm -hmm. you know. They are all corrupt and they don't have our best interests at heart at yeah. all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maybe if you're in a higher bracket of finance, um, then you can probably get some, like, better uh, service from these industries. <laughs> but for us, it's like, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're playing with our genome and they're playing with our minds and they're educating us in a particular way and they're devitalizing us and they, they, they don't want us to be connected spiritually. You know, which is why a lot of the, the herbs that help us with those types of meditations are made so illegal. And the fact that now they're going to legalize stuff, that they've actually engineered them in a way that they feel is, is safe to unleash on the people. You know, like the so-called medical marijuana. You know, they've been splicing that with the opium plant, you know. So that's a, it's, now it's going to become a heavy opioid and that's going to cause multi-organ tissue failure and dementia and everything else and cancer. <laughs> Um, whereas it used to cure all those things, <laughs> you know? Yes. You know, so stick to land race when it comes to cannabis. Honestly, you don't want to be dealing with these GMO crops, you know? Yeah. Especially the ones that are made with hydrogen cyanide, that type of stuff. That's going to cause, um, that's going to cause you to choke yeah, yeah. on its own. Hydrogen cyanide is what they use in, um, in um, chemical warfare, it's Cyclone B. They use it in pharmaceuticals and they use it in pesticides and herbicides, you know? And they're using it now in, in, the, in the growing their buds. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, no, stay away no. from hydrogen cyanide. You know, it's you so, don't want no cyanide in your body. Yeah. It's so mad. I feel <laughs> like we, everything's just become normalized. Disease is so normal. Oh, yeah. It's just so yeah. normal. We can't even imagine a world without it, that we need these drugs to. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so backwards. And it, I feel that deep down, you know, but a lot of people don't really understand in that way it's quite mad but what would you say to someone who's coming into all this information now sometimes i think it can be a bit overwhelming you know yeah i mean when you when you find out everything at once it's overwhelming <laughs> so i guess for me it was like slowly slowly uh, recognizing things and having all these epiphanies after one another uh -huh. and um a trial and error stuff of mistakes with myself as well like i said like when i first went vegan i was going on the completely wrong path yeah true you know and i think it's probably even worse for people now because the vegan industry is much larger than when yeah, i definitely. made the transition definitely um but um yeah it's just a process of unpacking and just recognizing like you know trust your instincts really because there's got to be something deeply inside you that's telling you that um uh you know how does the sun make you feel yeah you know, how does the sun make you feel, really? Like when you're out there, it's a lovely sunny day, yeah. you know? And when you're around somebody that you have a good vibe with and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're vibing with them, that resonance is, is better than being around st stressful energies, right? 
Like just pay attention to these types of things, yeah. you know, and try to make your environment um, a healthy one for yourself. Create some boundaries, yeah. you know, in yeah. regards to what um, you know disturbs you. And then, um, like, even if you if you're going through a situation where, where you're um, feeling really lethargic and addicted to poor poor diet and drugs and pharmaceuticals and so on, you gotta take baby steps mm-hmm. to unpack all these things and bring yourself towards a more um, mm-hmm. nutritious um, mm-hmm. lifestyle, you know, because yeah, these are the things that we need to make. Because really, you know what, before you can even think straight, you need to sort out your, your lifestyle and diet. Yeah, 100%. You know, because a lot of it's not even going to, not even going to stick. Yeah. You know, the memories are going to be like, yeah, what am I learning, what am yeah. I thinking? It's just, that's, that's where it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. You know, but I would, I would first, I would try to address your anxiety, and I'm gonna, I'm just saying that as if like everyone's got anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because we do. Everyone has anxiety, you know. So I'm saying address your anxiety, because when you find yourself in a calmer, more still place, you can make better decisions and yeah. see things better, you know. And you can absorb. And that's one of the biggest weapons that they use against us is creating this climate of that's fear. Very true. You know, which is another reason they want us out of each other's throats. Because even, even, and that's, yeah. that actually relates to what I was saying about don't make your protest your lifestyle. Yes. Because now you're part of the stress um, paradigm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, now you're in an argument. You know, you don't want to be in an argument 24 7. You need yeah. to be in a place of stillness and peace. It's and, so true. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I do my arguments because sometimes I'm. I'm deliberating my thoughts and I like to kind of like battle my thoughts out with people because to me it's like a learning experience for myself. Yeah, I also think you can get to a place where you can feel the, that energy, that anxiety coming but you can also just find the stillness and then talk, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I try not to argue with people anymore. These days all I want to do is just relay information. Yes. You know, <clears throat> which also I find kind of really... Um, that's funny, when, you, when you're relaying actual factual information and people will talk about conspiracy, I'm like, no, actually, there's, there's no theory involved. In it. I have theories. <laughs> I, I have theories that. about what's going on, yeah. but I'm not sharing them. Yes. You know, I very rarely share my theories well, about I what's going on. I always just share information. Yeah, yeah, I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions that mm. people think that, you know, the conspiracy, the general conspiracy theories are, are not evidence-based and information. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not even sharing a theory. I'm just sharing the evidence. No, the, but people the information. call them theories. Yeah, and no, then no. Really Even if they're watching a video, they say, look at this. That's, that's a conspiracy theory. I'm yeah. like, your, uh, where's your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I know that they have um, what they call um, deep fake and all that type of stuff, so yes. you can't believe anything you see either. Yes, true. You know, but um, <laughs> accumulative observation, yeah. using rationale, logic, okay. you know. So another question now, so yeah. uh, what would, or would, is there anything you would like to say to someone or anyone who is, finds it hard to believe these and sees things as just conspiracies? <laughs> um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't look at things um, with other perspectives um, or just dismiss stuff it's not it's not helpful and I think deep down you know you know mm. deep down you must know and you can't live in denial you know and it's better to 
to take some comprehension of what's being stated rather than dismiss mm. it because then you, you can make an argument you can make a case against it and you can build on that information but when you just dismiss information undismissed people mm. um, as ridiculous or whatever mm-hmm. you know there's no one's learning anything mm. you know so even if you want to challenge people at least get to to grips with the information and challenge the information rather than and try to dismiss somebody as a, as ridiculous because mm. you know that's just a coping mechanism, mm. you know. Like, and the idea, the idea that everybody thinks the same, it doesn't doesn't work either, you know. Because that's another thing about the label, so-called conspiracy theorist. Yeah. You know, um, it makes you think that uh, you're all in the same club, yes. the same memo, or something. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, because I've had that conversation before. I remember I was talking to um, somebody about the dangers of the, um, the cytotoxic effect of the uh, spike protein and the blood clots and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, you think there's microchips in the thing? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I, when did I mention microchip yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah. Like, did you? Did you read an article and you've just described that to me? Because I've been talking to you yeah. about a cytotoxic yeah. effect of a, of a spike protein yeah. that's being manufactured. This is the information that yeah. they're giving us. So I'm going on trusting what they're... And I don't trust what they're saying, but I'm taking yeah. their, what they're saying on face value and I'm looking at the, the studies that have been done by um, other professional yes. um, yeah. doctors and so on that have done their studies and they put out their information and says this is the results that we've found yeah. and I'm sharing that information. I'm not saying, oh, I think that might have an inflammation response. Yeah. You know, I'm not, yeah. where's that, that? I'm not just imagining that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm I mean. sharing that information from yeah. a study that a doctor has done and results that have been yeah. observed in case studies. There's enough stereotyping. Yeah, I know, but that's that's part of the weaponization of it, you know. And they use that. It's it's, it's clever. That social it's engineering, very clever. you know. That's what I was saying before. It's it's, it's just clever. a way to dismiss an argument, uh, uh, undermine an argument, and a way to not have to address the argument, yeah. you know. Because when you do address the argument, you're going to realize that the information yes is. Um, generally correct yeah and where it isn't then you can iron out what's not but you're going to find that it's a lot more accurate than the misinformation yes. and disinformation yes. that's being peddled through the live stream media <laughs> <laughs> and so how can you iron out if you're d- dismissing it you know yeah because it's like like you said i think you, i love how you said i think you know deep down yeah because right now there's just confusion tactics all over the place like come on I, I, I believe now that deep set skepticism must be coming to the fore to some level. Yeah. In the beginning, I can understand because the fear doctrine was. Yes. That spell was powerful. True. You know, like so even in my kitchen, the people I live with, they were leaving the radio on, and on the hour every hour, and if not more, it was the updates in it. Death toll. Death. 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 Personal stories, like heart wrenching personal stories. Da da da. Crisis actors, all that other stuff going on as well. Unreal shit, misdiagnosed, unpoisoned people. Um, we're, we're seeing that, you know, because you know, that's another thing that pe- people will find hard to grasp. But there was a policy of euthanasia in the care homes, the uh, end of life drugs that were being peddled out, the do not resuscitate orders, the nil by mouth, the dehydration, uh, and the solitude. All these things contributed to a lot of people passing 
in the old folks' homes, and that was basically manslaughter. And because of those phony P uh, applications of the PCR test, they were uh, being attributed towards um, being COVID deaths. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we're having like these heavily inflated numbers, which are based on frigging medical malpractice and manslaughter made into policy. Yes, yeah. You know, that's... And now the data's come out to support this. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if the whole data on the, on the uh, euthanasia policy is going to be like fully mainstream for everyone, household yeah. information. Maybe it will do, it'll do a documentary on Netflix in like 20 years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> and people I, are like, oh God, I remember yeah. you said that. Yeah. <laughs> if they're still around to say that, I don't know. Yeah. Got, got touch, hopefully they are. Um, I feel like the truth is out there, it's not in the mainstream. <laughs> No, no, but I, I believe people, I mean, the numbers are rising, like, definitely, because what I said, I remember, uh, my anxiety at the beginning felt like I was only one with my eyes open, and mm. I know that's a bit of an arrogant thing to think, but it felt like that, really, you know, because I couldn't see anyone else who was, like, thinking... Real life experiences. You know, but as time has gone on, I saw, like, these little protests grow, grow, grow into these Million Man March things, mm. and all around the world, so I know that people are, like, resistant to it now, they're not having it. Even people that probably had their first two or whatever are realizing this is a never ending chain. And um they keep telling us moving the the goalpost and um yeah, cons the penny is dropping I think for more and more people. Yeah. You know? So what does freedom mean to you? <sighs> no no big well, question. <laughs> it, it goes back to the other answer of free will, you know? Because again you're talking about you know, how could the creator have, a, have an environment with so much wickedness? You know, people have got the free will. I want my free will to determine my reality. That's my freedom. And it's our freedom. It is what freedom is. Freedom is free will. You know, if you take away someone's free will, they have no freedom. Yeah. If you um, coerce somebody into giving away their free will, they don't have any freedom. If you indoctrinate someone so that you can control and direct their will, they also no longer have freedom. It's a different type of uh, enslavement. It's an engineered, kind of socially engineered induced enslavement, mm. you know. So having freedom to me is having self-determination and being able to follow through my will, you know, to manifest my own will. And the application of will can, it, it, it can, can come in so many different ways. Like, like right now, you know, one thing I, I, I kept meaning to mention about 2020, and the fact that I was sharing that information and getting uh, kickback mm-hmm. was um, a, lot of, you know, a lot of people were coming back and all that type of stuff like, you're not a doctor, like, you should have given it a rest. You're a DJ. You know, that's the one I was getting all the time. You're just a DJ, you know. And that made me laugh because I rolled with so many politically outspoken rap artists and they always got that, what do you know, you're a rapper, you know. And I'm thinking that's, that's that same argument. Like, Dismissive. It's a dismissive argument, but it's also like mono-culturing uh, people into like, like what you, yeah. one person can't do yeah. like another thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it makes, that's ridiculous, the idea. Binary, that very binary. Super yeah. binary, you know. But my, it, it inspired me though at the time to think, right, I'm going to get myself certified to begin with, you know, because I've, I've got no, I've got no um, formal education. Yeah. To, uh, I don't even have the GTSEs. So I got myself certified in nutrition, in herbalism, and as a calisthenics coach in the space of a year where I was learning um, anatomy, kinesiology, um, ethnobotany. In 2020? 
in 2020 up until halfway wow. through 2021, I got certified in these things. And I also did my foundation level course for the bachelors that I'm started, just started in human nutrition, you know? So I've trammed, you know, while everything was on lockdown, I've just been watching lectures, studying, reading books, you know? So a lot of information is actually quite fresh for me. And I always feel like it's important to stay in study, study mode because you know the way a lot of times when you do your revision and so on, you're just doing your exams and then after the exam, it's like the window, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what I wrote in that exam, I got past it, I'm qualified, I'm good. But being qualified isn't the same as having it fresh. That's so true. You know? So you've got to stay, in, you've got to revise constantly. That's, yeah. that's why a lot of the doctors are not up to date with like even their information, they forget a lot of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of in the medical doctor, uh, biomedicine uh, education system, a lot of it is about um, correlating symptoms to prescri uh, prescription drugs. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And then following those studies, and those studies often, you know, as you, as you know, are um, yeah. financed by the yes. industry that is going to profit from them, you know. And you know what? A really good program series to watch is the one I send you a link to. It's called Dope Sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's about a family yeah. called the Seckler family. And they made a drug called um, um, oxy, oxytocin, oxy, shit, what's it called? People will know it, it's a really famous opioid, you know, oxy something anyway. But the, the series is called um, Dopesick. Mm. And it's a family, very powerful family, pharmaceutical company, who knowingly and willfully pushed an opioid uh, as a pain relief mm -hmm. for um, very, very minor pains in full knowledge that it's an addictive drug that causes tissue failure and just, you know, it will cause the body to break wow. down and die, you know? And, the, and it's ad as addictive as heroin would be, it possibly even more, you know? And they worked, and it's it's in the series, it's a dramatization, but it's a, it's a, it's a non-fiction series. Yeah. And you can look up the actual court cases and everything, uh, yeah. follow the um, investigation, everything yourself. But the, the, the series, I think, is good because it's the kind of thing I could show to my mom yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're going to see like, oh, yeah, 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 God, these farmers, they're cro crooks, aren't they? You know, like once you see it and you, you, you relate it, you've got like, oh, yeah, they're absolute crooks. Yes. And they're not alone. Like, that's, that's, that's a representation, yeah. that's, that's your Pfizer. Yeah. That's your Moderna, that's your J&J, yeah. that's your AstraZeneca, that's the Wellcome Trust, that's the GlaxoSmithKline, that's these people, it's the same. This is a massive pharmaceutical company that yeah. willfully worked with the FDA to get a, um, a label on their product to say that it was um, not um, addictive. The FDA approved it, oh you know? And how it works with organizations like the FDA and pharmaceutical companies is that, for one, obviously they're getting financial kickback. But more than that, they're getting uh, a job offer, you know? When you do right by them in the regulatory bodies, you're going to have a, a good paid position in their firm afterwards, you know? So yes. there's, there's this the conveyor belt from... It's just back to front, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously they get their political figures and their celebrities, but like political figures. Yeah. Like in this series, they, um, they really showed the mayor uh, Giuliani in New York. They really showed him up to be a proper corrupt player in the in the uh, support of this um, drug yeah. 
yeah. in the series uh, that the Sackler family were putting out, you know. So that's a good series I would recommend people to watch if they want to get like a simple first-hand insight yeah. into corruption in the pharmaceutical industry, you know. But you could go further into that and realise that the entire industry is built on corruption from the onset, yeah. Yeah. you know, because you're yeah. petrochemicals. I think we just have to really wise up to this, you know, what's going on. Because there's people who are just willfully trusting, you know. But anyway, everyone's got their own. You said it willfully. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's part of the spell, you know. But will will is so important because even when you do things against... If you do something against your will, like like people who don't want to do certain stuff but they're doing it to get along... Yes. That's soul destroying. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't understand the, the, the price that it's going to cost their yeah. soul, you know, but it's when you're bending your will yeah. under duress yes. and you do it anyway, it's, it's spiritually damaging. Yeah. You know, like standing yeah. on your square, standing on, on, your, on your principle will, will garner all of the strength of the universe to come and stand with you. Yeah, you know? I love that. I love that. That's true. It's true, and it, it, it may not manifest in ways that you think, yes. you know, it may not like give you a Lamborghini, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it will give you a sense of being that yeah. you can't, you can't, you just can't pay a for, you know, yeah. yeah, and obviously if you're, if you're focusing on your health and your mood and building your, your, your relationships, um, then you're going to become the richest man in Babylon, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like, you know, there's like, and then billions out there that are and also sorry just like yeah the mm. richest what does that mean because you know you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but i love what you said about yeah. freedom and self-discipline because yeah. i think a lot of people don't realize how much work it takes yeah discipline discipline is the important part to yeah. um to, to um sharpen your will yeah if will was a sword yeah. discipline is what you're sharpening it with and i think also it's really easy to be like oh it's too much work you know but you know, it, it is for the first day, the second day, maybe the first week, like if you're trying to get over an addiction, but because the, the discipline there is to resist. And, and it's how, almost like we've got an addiction mm. in like relying on yeah. these corrupt freaking entities. No, you can't outsource yeah. Um, yeah. your will and your, your life. And all, I love that. No, you just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, obviously, but yeah. you're, not, you're no longer you. You're not in control of you. If you're not in control of your own will, yeah. you don't make your own decisions and you're not doing it from a place of peace and stillness I love that you know, there's no there's no intention behind your will then you're you may as well just be um, a cyborg Oof. you know you may as well be sorry <laughs> cool I'm gonna just uh, ask you this one question to finalize well, thank you so much for sharing I feel like there's so much information here <laughs> that's alright just scratching the surface yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a lot for people to dive into but um, <laughs> Yeah, what, what do you see going forwards? How do you see, you know, what do you think is the best movement for other people to do, for you to do personally? And how do you see it playing out? <laughs> or how do you want to? Well, you know, want is just what you want, isn't it? But you can, if you visualise, then you can realise, you know? Um, and I, I really, I don't know, maybe it's a naive like side of me, but you know, I believe in like good overcomes all, and, mm. and all comes to the light, you know. So I stand really grounded in um, mm-hmm. my, my spiritual armor. Um, 
gives me the sort of um, the, the faith that mm-hmm. I can't be destroyed or harmed. I love that. This yeah. is powerful protection. It's powerful protection, but also I can't be burned, can't be touched. You know, and, and, and you know, I don't separate spirituality from science, right? I'm a science geek. You know, so if you get your um, tuning fork, ding it, bang, put it near a flame, the flame moves. You know, what we are as spirit is vibration. You know, you can't burn the vibration, you can't shoot the vibration, you can't even really disturb the vibration. You know, if you are in control of your vibration, if you're in control of your will, and you, and you stand firm in your intention, your vibration is going to become your vibration, for real. Mm. You know? Because people are manipulating your vibration. It's that, yeah, that's the embodiment. Yeah, you have to embody yourself. Be you. Be, um, like, like, I just keep saying, like, about will. You know, another simple application of will, say for example, um, I got myself certified in, in calisthenics, right? I'm still some skinny, scrawny guy, right? I'm obviously not trying, like Mr. Bodybuilder, but I'd done that because it was related to what I was learning in regards to nutrition, because I understood now about the piezoelectric effect of the bones and charge and so on, and you need the movement to, for everything to work, to, to, to grow from repair to take place. You can't just eat yourself healthy. Yeah. You know, you can't fast yourself healthy. You, you can fasting is important, but just having the herbs and all that, not getting, if, if you don't get natural light and work out, and working out is actually supplementation for an active lifestyle yeah. that we would have had, had. In, an, in a less modern, convenient world. Yes. Right? So in a time when we were toiling in the soil and carrying stuff and doing what we were doing and dancing and doing all that, you know? Like the body was being charged and built, you know, but now you have to apply your discipline and will to work out. So again, just pl- applying will to developing physicality, building muscle, repetition, you know, doing your push-ups, doing your pull-ups, you're going to build muscle. You have to do it through, through repetition, but that repetition, the first, f- the first uh, thought is your will. You're determined to do it because you're doing it. You know, and as you do it, you're going to get results to that. You're going to develop what you've intent- set out to intend to develop. You know, which is like physicality. You know, so it's the same with the physical uh, growth as your spiritual growth, mm. and the spiritual growth ties more into mm-hmm. how you apply your will mm. in 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 life. And again, that's a, down to discipline, um, the decisions you make, and and how you, how well you stick to them. You know, and it doesn't. I don't mean you, need, you can't be unmovable. You know, because obviously you have to like reconsider everything in every single second of your life. You know, mm. like the sat nav should yeah. always be on. <laughs> I like it that it's, it's what you're describing is just being strong, like the real meaning of you know. Yeah, well, I I I just tying it into will in general, like, um, I'm, but to relate it to what you're you're yeah. asking me yeah, in yeah, regards yeah. to where everything's going, I'm just saying that I'm. I'm on some hippie vibes, you know. <laughs> I believe that um, good overcomes evil mm. and that we can't be destroyed. Um, and I stand firm in that, that faith. And that's probably what gives me the strength not to bend because I don't fear anything in this world, you know. I don't fear any repercussions. Mm. And I actually understand now mm. as well about the power of your will and the, the true contagious um, aspect of being the first one to put their hand up, you know, 
the first one to say no. You yeah. know? A classic movie I watched as a child that gave me this insight to be the one in the room to disagree with everyone and not be afraid to disagree was the story of the 12 angry men. You know, you know that story? It's a book, but I saw it as a movie, and it's about these juries, and uh, someone had killed somebody, knifed or shot or something, and uh, they're having their, their trial, and all the men in the, in, the, in the jury are like, um, guilty, 100% guilty, no doubt. One guy's like, ah, I'm not so sure. You know, and they're all frustrated with this guy. But he's like, yeah, but this, 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 this. And then the whole, the whole movie is basically a dialogue movie of these guys in a room, you know. And they're all being frustrated. And one by one, they're all seeing the point. And they're like coming over and around and around and around. And then it's like, yeah, you're right. Okay, like, so you know the decision, not guilty. And then the twist is the guy who says it wasn't sure at the beginning. He's like, mm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> he might be guilty. You know, but to me, the whole argument was about the power of one to change the dynamic of the argument yes. in the room and, the, and also being able to recognize how fickle people are in, in, in the um, domino effect of that. Because once, yeah. once you get to critical mass yeah. of, an, of a point of view, the people who don't really have a strong point of view, they just adopt whatever the critical mass point of view is. Kind of what's been happening. Right? That's what's happening now. Because as people are starting the penny drop, as, the, as, the, as it becomes a critical mass, more people are going to be like, yeah. oh, maybe it's not conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, what, what should we do about yeah. that? And it's happened the other way around already. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it happened, yeah, at the yeah. beginning, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but um, my, my, my personal plans for what I want to move on with, with what I've been doing, yeah. is... Um, I'm going to set up my, um, my little herbalist brand. I'm going to set up a little um, mobile herbalist disco. Um, and I want to eventually lead that towards having a type of a health retreat. Yes. You know, and my health retreat is going to be a little bit more funky than other people's healthy retreats, you know, because I'm going to have like a dub sauna, for example, you know, infrared sauna with dub sound system and gong baths, you know what I mean? Bass lines. You know, because cymatics and bass healing, yeah. infrared light, mate, What's that's where space? it's at, you know, <laughs> algae baths, you know, the ideas I've got, like, uh, you know, so I, I'm, I'm continuing my study, like my, what mm. I call research and yeah. development, because, yeah. you know, right now I've been getting really deep into my algaes and making different types of medicinal gels. Just uh, getting clued up as well, right? Getting clued up, yeah, all yeah. the time, and it's never ending process, exactly. because it's so many layers, like, so you know. So many layers. And, yeah, you got to look within and yeah. look around. <laughs> I do like the way you answered, because at first you said um, basically about, you know, your spiritual armour. Yeah. And that's the, you know, how do we move forward from now? And a lot of times people can think that's not doing enough. Do you know what I mean? Um, Just, you know, when you look within, it's such a subtle journey, you know. It's like it's, like it's not enough. But actually, it's a lot. <laughs> well, uh, not enough in what regard? I just think a lot of the time we think we need to go out into the world and do things and, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying about don't make your protest your lifestyle. Because like, if you do things that, that, that bring you joy and other people around you joy, that's going to have a knock-on effect. Because what we need is to build a world that is healthy and joyful, yeah. you know, where people can get on oh. with each other. Because and, and, that's part of our nature, really. So true. You know, we all love to get out and dance and share jokes and smiles yes. and so on. There's no... The, yeah. the animosity is coming through the fear and the stress. Yes, and, so um, true. in some regards, the malnutrition, <laughs> you know? So if we can correct a lot of these things and be like shining lights and examples, you know? Because mm. I know that 
the same way Sebi inspired me, Sebi would always say something along the lines of like, I'm the most sick. I'm trying to heal me, mm. you know? 